Recording in progress. Can I hear your best robot voice? Uh, recording in progress. <laughs> what <laughs> was robot? That's like a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like the robot from... Wally. No, it's like an old like Flintstones era show. And then, like, the husband drops the wife off and she, like, grabs the, like, extra money out of his wallet or something. Like, he gives her money and then she, like, grabs his wallet and takes the rest and drops down. And it's set in the future. I'm going to have to Google it. Um, I don't even know what to Google. <laughs> um, the guy, how he drops the thing and that she gives him the thing. <laughs> Do you ever type into the Google search bar, like, something so... <laughs> Just yes, ambiguous like, and like lengthy. And no one would ever. Yeah. Why don't you understand me, Google? Yeah. I thought we were on the same wavelength. When it's beyond Google's knowledge, then it, you know you should be worried. <laughs> you just—that's when you should feel stupid. Future. It's it's gonna bother me. Cartoon. The Jetsons. Oh. Such a vibe. This is The Right Side of the World. I'm Spencer LeVay. I was going to say, why do you sound American? Because I'm you. And I'm Hayley Gabriel. <laughs> and I don't know how to do an Australian accent. And we're... <laughs> but I'm not sure what accent this is. And we're here to talk about um, writing. Writing. <laughs> writing. Reading. And reading. Was, is this, what accent is that? Can you tell me? Your accent. It's not my accent. It is your accent. It's not. You gotta accept it. It's not my accent. It's, it's time to accept it. It's creepy. <laughs> it's, yeah, my accent is very like gravelly and, uh, and sexy. <laughs> you're you're like, I am Spencer. I'm Spencer LeBay, and yeah, it's like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't so, know what to say about. I don't know what to say how, about. I just like how you got into that though. Like, like you got into my character. Yeah, I'm a method actor. Um, apparently, that's what I do. Apparently, that's what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I should ask how your day was. Uh, yeah, my day. Mm. How was your day in Australia? Um, my day's boring America stuff. Well, my day's been pretty uneventful. You guys still can't um do any masks or do anything without masks. You can't do any masks. But <laughs> you can't do any masks. Masks. That's another word that we say different. Masks. 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 Yes, we are all still wearing masks and still in lockdown, full lockdown, in, at least in Melbourne. And everybody's very unhappy about that, but it is what it is. I mean, I love lockdown. I <laughs> Maybe unpopular, but now I have an excuse to not go outside or do anything ever, you know? Yeah. It, like, forces you to be an introvert. And if you're already an introvert, like, that's just... That's okay with me. <laughs> That's true. But I feel like even, like, I would say I'm maybe an even split, maybe slightly more introverted, but I still enjoy, like, going outside. I feel like you're more extroverted, actually. I pretend to be an extrovert, but really my soul is just, like, wants to be alone. But you hang out with people all the time. There's only, I have, like, a, a meter, a level. And so do I, of, yeah. Yeah, and then it gets to a point where I'm like, no, I have to just do nothing for a few days. I have to be at home, like, just by myself. So yeah, I think I'm a combination. But see, for me, it's like I only have one day. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> one day, like, yeah. 
I get one day and then I have to take a week off. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even last the whole day. Sometimes it's just like I'll be out and three hours in, two mm. hours in. Three's pushing it. A couple minutes in. <laughs> 20, 25 minutes in, I'll be like, all right, <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> this is fun. I'm, I'm done. So, yeah, I, I guess that's why I feel like you're extroverted. You're always out on walks and such. So many walks. Yeah, so many walks. That's all we can do. But apparently Melbourne has become the most locked down city in the world. Oh, really? Like we've been in lockdown for the most number of days. I love how you guys say Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. I started saying that, calling it that. Like Americans would probably read Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah. But like it sounds it sounds weird to me now. So like. Melbourne. <laughs> So like I was telling my 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 friend um I was talking about the podcast and he was asking like where in Australia you're from and I would say Melbourne and I was like why did I say that in an accent? Yep. There you go. See things. <laughs> I was like through. Melbourne. She lives in Melbourne. <laughs> Mel- what's a Melbourne? Melbourne. What were we talking about? Melbourne. Is that uh, like a big city? Yeah, it's a big city. Um, it was the most livable city in the world. You have a zoo and everything. We have a zoo. Yep. Wow. Homeless people? We do have quite a few, yeah. Somehow I can't picture, like, homeless people in Australia. Why? Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, because in my mind, every Australian is Steve Irwin, and they all have, like, whips and hats. and I don't know why whips. <laughs> whips? <laughs> whips? What? <laughs> I'm mixing, like, Indiana Jones into this. <laughs> Either Steve Irwin, like, mixed with Indiana Jones, that's an Australian. Like, that's peak Australian. Right. That makes makes so much sense. So I can't imagine, like, somebody with a whip and a hat on the street. (laughs) Just doesn't make sense. And then also you guys have a lot of animals, like, big animals. like Yeah. Kangaroos. Don't don't the homeless people get eaten? By the kangaroos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, Melbourne's really nice. I think you'd like it. There's always something to do and somewhere to go, and it's all fairly within, you know, like, 45 minutes. You can sort of be anywhere and do anything there's lots of little alleys and like cute cafes and it's so i don't love the city i could go there like once a year and be totally so you're like but you're close enough to just yeah i'm like a half hour drive so or like even less so it's not too bad um but i do prefer the leafy leafy yeah me too yeah i decided i have to live in the mountains not the mountains it doesn't have to be mountains i live in the nature (laughs) i'm imagining you like crouched over a rock you know, I, there's this. There was this really cool mountain back behind my old apartment, and I, it just had like a flat top. And I was like, I could just build a little cabin up there. Who mm. would, you know? I don't know how to build anything, of course. <laughs> Never. I can't build anything for the life of me. Like hard, my the extent of my tool knowledge is um, whatever comes in the bookcase package. I was gonna say so. bookshelves. You built bookshelves. Yeah. But that's it. But like, yeah, but they come already like you just put the little things and the pins in and mm. put that all together. Like, so I didn't even have a hammer. I had to use the, for the nails on the back. I had to use one of my like bronze knives that I made in school. See, made you made a, a knife. A bronze... <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bronze dagger. So <laughs> I would always see that mountain. And I would think like I could just build a little cabin up there mm. and nobody would who would tell me not, you know? I mean, maybe eventually someone would, but if I like really hit it back mm. into the mountain to like where it's not super visible, I think you should just like burrow into the rock, yeah, and 
you know, build like a little room and then just put like a little thatch roof over it, like a flat roof. So you can just yeah, like yeah. pop out, you know. The only problem with that is that I would definitely die because um, oh. <laughs> I need, you know, I would have to have food. I don't know how to cook, first of all. Mm. I'm not a great cooker. I'm guessing the f only kind of food I would be able to have even would be like soups and stuff. So that's like, like a little bit easier. <laughs> Why? Because they're canned, so they don't go bad. Oh, okay. Okay. So canned soup. But I would diet because I like, I need to have my bowls pre-cleaned. Like I don't trust the dishwasher even to clean my stuff. Mm. I have to wash it again by hand in scalding hot water. <laughs> and then I can eat out of it. So I would not be able to eat the soup. And I guess I could eat out of the cans, right? Right? That's like something you this do. This is a big tangent. I don't even know where we've come from. The start of this conversation is so far back. Listen, I'm talking to you about real life stuff, Haley. Um, well, the plan for today's episode was to talk about ourselves. Yeah, just to chat. Yeah, so... Tell tell me about your books. Tell the people about your books. What are they? When did you write um, them? Middle grade fantasy books. Uh, when did I write them? When I was like 21 or something or 22 in college. I'm old. Ages ago. But three years ago, the second book was being published. Mm. So when I started was more like five years ago or six years ago okay <laughs> which is way too much time like i shouldn't be able to say that like i started writing my book six years ago that's like oh my god <laughs> so yeah i was in college and i like i had been writing something previously which was something i had started in high school and it wasn't any good and then someone convinced me to like try and finish it and so i rewrote everything and then i hated it so <laughs> like it just went on way too long or whatever and i was like this sucks. So I was kind of, I think I was looking for a new idea for book writing at the time because I wanted to write a book. Like I just wanted that to be like something that I had done. Mm. There were no aspirations of like, I'll publish it. It's just like, I want to finish a book so that I can say that I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. The idea just kind of came to me and like the whole thing just like floats. It was like so perfect. You know, when that happens, when it just like everything lines up mm -hmm. and you just like finish it in like a year or less than a year. Like, that's kind of how it happened. And was it called the Castaway King from the beginning? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Castaway King Chronicles. I was very proud of that title, actually. It's a good title. <laughs> I like it. It's a cool one. Yeah. Um. And when I you think. were writing the first one, did you plot or like think ahead to how many books it might be? Or were you just going yeah. with the flow? I mean, basically, I was probably listening to Harry Potter a lot at the time. and So seven books. <laughs> and so it was like seven books. Really? And then as I, yeah. Oh, wow. Seven books, yeah. I was very influenced by Harry Potter. I mean, you can kind of tell, I think, right? With the like name reiteration, the first and the last name are, start with the same letter. Rowling does that a lot, and so I did mm. that too. And then there's like some hints of British accent going on throughout mm -hmm. the book. And there's the three, the three main the characters. The three characters, uh, the three best friends. Pill, Felicity, and what was it? Dirk? Dirk. Yeah. 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 Jeez, Haley, you should know my main characters. Oh, can you tell me one of my characters? <laughs> Thorn. 
doesn't count. Me and Thorne are friends. I know him. So, yeah. And then, basically, I had written it, and I think I, or was writing it, and I showed my dad, or my dad wanted to see it, and, like, he liked it. So, he told me to finish it, and I did, and then we I went about, like, the querying, mm. and that was How many places did you, did you send it to? <laughs> I don't know, maybe, like, 50, actually. I'm not really sure. But I also didn't really do any research on, like, how to query best query methods mm. or like anything like so i was just thinking i was just the super naive like this is perfect this mm-hmm. is gonna be the next <laughs> big whatever they should just recognize that they would be lucky to have me <laughs> exactly so then then you get rejection after rejection and you blame it on like you know just the ah, the industry the gatekeepers the gatekeepers mm. when really it's like i just didn't do enough work into the querying how many out of the 50 would have replied i think most of them but they would just send the form rejections yeah there was a couple that i got like years later oh wow like after the book was already published (laughs) i was like working on the second i was like hey okay thanks for rejecting me a little late there but yeah i'm still waiting to hear back from a few (laughs) when did you decide to pursue the self-publishing route hey it's our secret (laughs) all my books are traditionally published by big publishers oh after it failed though (laughs) (laughs) when did you know it was a possibility or when did you because you must have done research into indie publishing not really um you know what i did first i thought i could crowdfund the book and so I like started a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and didn't really put any effort into that Kickstarter <laughs> either. <laughs> any marketing or anything. Listen, I was young. <laughs> I had other things to do. I was still in college. Kickstarting books isn't also the best idea because nobody really wants to participate in just a book. Mm. There's, you know, tons of new books coming out. Like, why do we care about yours? Mm-hmm. You would have to be really good at marketing or have a following to do that. But it was, like, very shortly after I even created the Kickstarter page. We were like, hey, like, we can do this on our own. I think I had already known about it. And so we decided to look into it around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had worked on something with someone who had self-published. And I remembered him saying in an interview, like, that he had, he had like, $15,000 that he put into it. And then took off or whatever. So I was like, hey, that's cool. You definitely need that, that starting, like... You have to be willing to put in... Just starting money? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You can't just go into it with no money. No. And that's where a lot of people fail. It's like, like you put a lot of marketing and money into this. You can't just... And even if you do that, you're probably still not going to make a return. Like, that's... Like, getting the ad in front of someone is only part of... It's not a sale. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. We would get tons of clicks on our, our Amazon ads and like hardly any of them would actually be purchases. Mm. Yeah. So it's not easy. Like the, I, I mean, mm, yeah, I, the, the big publishers know how to, <laughs> how to do it. You go. I mean, like a little sign. Just raise your hand. Yeah. I, I, uh, yes, Haley. Um, I heard someone say that you shouldn't be, they were actually talking about querying. It was an agent and she was saying that you shouldn't be too heartbroken when an agent doesn't sign you and describing that as like you know it's as if they're walking into a bookshop and they pick up 
your book and they look at the back and it might just be not what they feel like reading. It might be that they've read something like quite similar yeah. to it the day before. Or, you so know, you have before. to stand out to a particular agent. Yes. And also not to be too disheartened if it's not what they are looking for. But also similarly, I guess with advertising, you know, someone seeing your book doesn't necessitate them buying it and it shouldn't like, and it doesn't matter. I guess it's, but then it's all about targeting, isn't it? Targeting ads. Yeah. It really is about that. We found that um, targeting Ranger's Apprentice books mm. worked out pretty well. I see that. Uh, for a while. And <laughs> well, I don't know if I should say this part. What? <laughs> there was a guy who also started targeting it, Ranger's Apprentice ads. Mm. And I liked how I was always the first you know, thing to show up because right. we put the money in that. And, um, like another indie author. Yeah. Another okay. indie author, but like he clearly was spending money on ads and it was working because he had a lot of reviews and stuff like that. And it was also a completely wrong genre. Like he was pitching like a epic fantasy and he was put targeting the Rangers apprentice thing. And so mm. <laughs> I just started clicking on his ads a lot. Oh. And just eventually trying to use up his uh, cost per click. Yes, because I remember how expensive it is. It's like you, depending on how you do the thing, it could be like two to five dollars. And so, like, I remember that at that time I was bidding like it's like it's literally like you're bidding for this ad space. Yeah. And I remember that I was saying like I'll pay up to this much money, and and I was like, oh, he's like still ahead of me, so he must be paying like five dollars a click. So I was just Mm. like. And then eventually he must have turned that one off. (laughs) He's probably thinking, I've got so many clicks and no sales. What is going on? I feel bad about that. Poor guy. But I don't. Listen, guy, I was here first. Also... (laughs) Were you? Wasn't he? No, I was there first. And, like, all of a sudden one day he, like, overtook my ad Mm. as the top one. So you had to take him down. (laughs) (laughs) Take him down. (laughs) The genre didn't match. My genre matched, like, almost perfectly. You know, it was middle grade fiction. Yeah. Yours is the superior book. It was just better. <laughs> so did you do mostly Amazon ads or Facebook ads? Did you do any Instagram? I did mostly Amazon. We did do Instagram ads. Mm. I can't remember that those worked. I heard BookBub stuff worked well, but like we never really got to do that. Yeah, I've never really explored that. I've heard that it works well. Yeah. But I found that I got the I most... I think it was complicated. I found that I got but the But also... <laughs> I found... <And> then... <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Continue. I found that I got the most um, clicks on Instagram, actually. Really? Yeah. On Insta? We did get a lot of, a decent amount of, at the beginning, when, like, the ball was rolling and, like, you were psyched about it. Mm. That's the thing with marketing. You have to be pumped about it, like, 24-7. It's a different skill set. You know, the marketing side of things. You've got that skill set, though. It's hard for me to to do that it's not that i can't do it i just don't (laughs) it's harder to do it i don't like to do it i don't want to i don't don't want to do it if i'm not pumped about the project Mm. you know what i mean you're gonna like because it just feels unauthentic moving on to bigger and better things now so you're saying you wouldn't put you you would kind of not invest in them marketing wise at the moment no i i do and i want to I just need to, like, find the passion for it again, you know? Yeah. For the books, like, for them and looking at... Like I, like I said, like, I picked one of the books up yesterday and 
I read like a little passage and I was like, hey, that's like pretty good. Like this is not terrible. And I guess I had in my mindset that these were not great because they weren't selling great, but like they're not, right. they're not bad. Yeah. They just need to be like fixed up a bit and like finish things off and that kind of thing. So, and then I think if I have, if I do all of that and more things are happening for the book, then I'll have like the passion to be putting my time into marketing. Because right now it's like I'm more passionate about my projects that I'm writing right now. Like they, yes. they're consuming, you know. Mm. There's that feeling that you've grown in, as a writer since you wrote those books. Um, yeah. And it can be painful to look back at things that you've written years ago. Yeah. Your craft being a little more like developed or whatever you feel. I think it's natural to feel that. Um, if you listeners can't tell, Haley is very distracted. She's texting and podcasting at the same time. It's I very unprofessional. Not, look, <laughs> I'm actually putting nail strengthener on my nails. Even worse. Out oh of frame. God, she's doing her nails out of frame. during our podcasting time. At least I'm not watching TV. I'm not watching TV. I can TV see it in on. your window reflection. Yeah, well, it's on. I'm not watching it. You've got one eye on the TV and one eye on the, the podcast. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be able to even talk if I was doing that. Look, the nails need to be strong. Yeah. Gotta... It's time for our ad break. If you want hard nails... <laughs> and, and who wouldn't? Buy Hard as Hoof Onyx Professional Nail Strengthening Cream. I don't know why you had to do that in a Ma- Massage into nail beds, cuticles... Massage? And un- <laughs> under sides of nails three times per day. Three times per day is a long... Is, is you want to massage that? You uh, got a little... Massage? Southern. Look, I'm expecting a check in the mail from Hard as Hoof. Hard as Hoof. That's what it's called. Uh, that's a name. Yep. Why? Huh? Why? Why am I putting this why in my nails? Why would you want your Why would you want your nails? Because to your be... nails can break if you're growing out your nails. Um, if they're soft oh, like... or like <laughs> brittle, see, like even mine are not oh. long, long. But when you put this stuff on, honestly, it's like magic. I highly recommend it. You want hoofs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one day I'm gonna turn into a horse or a unicorn, and <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> and you'll already have really strong hoofs. Well, that's alright. Would you rather be a horse or a unicorn? Wait, did you say a horse? I said a horse and then I said unicorn because I thought that's cooler. And yes, I'd rather yeah. be a unicorn than a horse, obviously. For some reason, when you said horse or a unicorn, I heard uh, centaur or a unicorn. I don't know why. And just in my <laughs> mind, because I was still thinking of hooves. And like when I think of hooves, I think of centaurs. Would you rather be a centaur or a unicorn? And we say centaur. Centaur. Centaur, centaur, centaur. What do you say, centaur? Yeah, centaur. Centaur. Hmm. Uh, centaur. I would rather be a centaur. Really? Because I would still have a human oh, body, like, <laughs> at least part of one. You're not ready to give that up. And uh, I'm not ready to give that up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, then you got the really long nose. If you're a centaur, or if you're, if you're a, a unicorn. unicorn, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the forehead spear is cool, but. <laughs> Forehead sphere. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's yeah. called? The technical term? I think so. I think that's the, uh, yeah. Um, well, because when they evolved, they like needed spears. And so they're like, hey, let's just grow those out of our foreheads. And they put the hardest yeah. hoof on their forehead. <laughs> and one day. <laughs> Three times a day, massaging into the forehead. <laughs> Is that how you say massaging? Massaging? I say massage. Yep. 
What do you say? Massage. Massage. Oh, it's not that different. No, it's, it's just... grinning. It's not... <laughs> I'm always grinning. Because you were doing the, the American accent when you said it. Mm. And so I thought you were doing like a, a oh, southern true. thing. Oh, true. Yeah, no, I just think I didn't know how to say massage in American accent. Massage. Yeah, that's the thing is like when I do the, the Coraline episodes. So we're starting this podcast over. Uh, So we do... <laughs> we do Coraline episodes. We do... No, we don't do Coraline episodes. We do episodes where we read chapters from books most recently Coraline and when we do those chapters I read the dialogue in terrible British accents and um also accents that aren't British and I'm not really sure what they are mm-hmm. sometimes I think they're Russian sometimes I think they're like Dracula in <laughs> when I talk in a British accent like so, there's like certain words that I don't know how they say it in British and that always trips me up because like I don't know mm. the British people are tomatoes and tomatoes you said tomatoes in a british accent Toma- yeah that's the thing is like i'll say i'll talk in a british accent but it'll still be like american words i suppose we should go back to the theme of this episode which is supposed to be our books is that what the theme was supposed to be i thought it was just i think now and... it's unicorns <laughs> i see see we came in with this with the different mindsets did you know that the animal like the national animal Animal? Scotland of Scotland is is a unicorn. Really? Yes. Actually. That's cool. Did they come up with it? Why are they so Because fond it's something of about the folklore. Or did they just get super junk one day and we're like, oh, oh let's make it a unicorn. <laughs> let's just make this. Let's make it a unicorn, laddie. Was that Scottish? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Better than my Scottish would be. Can I hear yours? No, you can't. <laughs> I'm not in the right mindset for that. I have to have just heard Scottish. or That's the way it is for most accents for me. Um, well, you just did hear it because I just... Nope, that was not it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your guys' animal? Kangaroo. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yes, I just Googled. It's true. The unicorn really is the official national animal of Scotland with its white horse-like body and single spiraling horn or forehead spear. (laughs) Legend also tells that their horns can purify poisoned water. Poisoned water. Yeah. Such as the strength of their healing. Oh, well. (laughs) And also they're used in potions a lot in Harry Potter. And also Voldemort killed one and it was really traumatic. Yeah. I yeah. hate that scene. It's quite intense. It's kind of the first really scary thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess it was... I thought it was kind of cool. Oh, you liked it. I always liked the oh, silver black. <laughs> That's nice. Listen, if you had to, like, keep on living but kill a unicorn or just die and let the unicorn live... Honestly, I think I'd let the unicorn live. You're stupid, then. <laughs> See, the correct answer is that you um, you kill it and then you just bring it back to life. And that way everybody's okay, happy. Well, that's cheating. <laughs> because now you have unicorn blood and unicorn blood sustains life. So even if it's like on the verge of death, you just give it some of its own blood and it will come back to life. Really? You made that up. Yeah, of course I made that up. Was that convincing? Thank Somewhat. You. Because you say a lot yeah. of crap, so it's sort of just... Sometimes I just talk. Yeah, I just ramble. I feel like I need to build a list, like, fact check all the things that you say and come back and just, like, challenge you on everything. <laughs> it's funny, one of the frequently asked, oh, freak, 
people also ask on Google, do unicorns exist in Scotland? Do they, in Scotland, do they exist? They don't exist other places, but in Scotland they exist, yeah. yes. That was where they forged their first forehead spear. Before they were just white horses. And then they put the heart, hoof hardener on. Heart is of, they put that on their foreheads. Um, the Scottish people did because they were drunk. <laughs> it's like the person who um, invented, not invented, discovered popcorn. We've had this conversation. Is he drunk? No, we haven't. Yes, remember we were like, imagine the first person. Oh, yeah. Discovered popcorn. Like... I thought you knew the truth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you like popcorn? I love popcorn. Popcorn is, I'm a vegetarian, so like, that's all I eat. That's all you can eat when you're vegetarian is just popcorn. Because it doesn't hurt the corn. <laughs> Aren't you vegan? I'm not vegan. I'm, I have vegan tendencies. <laughs> um, but I'm not vegan. <laughs> Which means that I don't usually drink just like whole milk. But who does? Whole milk is gross. If you drink whole milk, stop it. Look, I know, I know what you're saying, but <laughs> if you've been not drinking full cream milk for a while... If you pour yourself like a, a tiny glass of full cream milk, chilled, it's amazing. It's so creamy and so delicious. No. <laughs> okay, quick. We need to say something interesting. I, th- I think um, we said a lot of interesting things. Did we though? Yeah, we talked about facts about unicorns. Mm, that's been worth it. I think that's more interesting than talking about our books. Are there unicorns in your book? Look, you only need to talk... Like, cut out all that stuff about my book before. No. This is all you got to say about my books. They're middle grade fantasy. They, they're all right. You know, they're pretty good. <laughs> That's it. That should have been That's on it. the back cover. <laughs> Did you want to talk about your books? Yeah, my books, they're really good. Mm-hmm. You should buy them. <laughs> you can buy them on Amazon or... Um, what? What is that? You can buy them on uh, Book Depository or uh, Booktopia. <laughs> that's or, that's or like an old lady who watches Amazon. birds. An old lady who watches birds. <laughs> a bird watching really? old lady. It's very specific. That's what I. That's the vibe I get. <laughs> she wears like really thick sweaters. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a thick sweater. Fluffy no, socks. Bird watching. You mind them on Amazon? Find me on Amazon. You can buy the Castaway King Chronicles on Amazon.com or the Essence Chronicles on Amazon.com. Or also on any other place like BarnesandNoble.com or um, BookDepository.com. Man, self-publishing is a weird business. It's a tricky business. (laughs) It's a risky business. (laughs) Uh, It's like you just lose a lot of money and you don't don't ever see any returns from it. It's fun. But... (laughs) That's right. You should do it. You should definitely try it. If you're an aspiring indie author, mm. definitely do it. No, we shouldn't be so pessimistic. <laughs> it definitely has its benefits. I think the benefit is in seeing a finished product. Um, no, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You didn't let me yeah. get there. Well, get... I got there first and that's what matters. The benefit is you have this finished product. You prove to yourself that you can create a full book. Um, and it teaches you the process of publishing and like you get a real appreciation for the publishing world and basically you'll be able to tell if this is something you can do as a career. <laughs> yeah. Can't sneeze while we're talking about 
important Sorry, things. I just wanted to interrupt you. <laughs> that was a fake thing. <laughs> that's actually a good, that's actually kind of a good, like... Way to interrupt someone? Yeah, like, if I'm rambling on about something, just, like... I just go... Fakes me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, sorry. What were you actually saying? Because I was thinking about the sneeze now. for a while before it happened. I was eyes right now. You know when you can feel it coming? Like, you were and you're, like, trying to breathe to, like... The sneeze was premeditated. Um, you were saying the benefit of self-publishing. <laughs> yeah. To teach yourself th- about the steps involved. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's a cool thing to get your book to see it, to learn about the world and writing and see if you can do it. And there is a possibility you can make money at it, but you have to, like, really work at it and try. Yes. And, and be consistent. And <laughs> do a lot of marketing. You're going to spend money. You're going to spend a lot of money. Mm. But that's just how things go. you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And I think my best uh, marketing method was actually giving away the free uh, a free ebook of my first book in the series and then hoping people will enjoy it enough to buy the second and often they did um i don't know i, I feel like it sucks that you have to do that um but in mm. with any sort of um cre- creative field i mean I feel yeah. there's that there's that element but it does like <laughs> i can <laughs> um so anyway yeah as i was saying <laughs> <laughs> i hate you uh, what? Now I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Look, I don't have a good memory. Okay, so you can't just cut mm. me off because I will forget entirely mm. what I'm going to say. That's my and plan. Then, and then I just don't say anything ever. <laughs> um. Hold on, hold on. Let me say my thing. I'm going to forget. But you've forgotten. It. I haven't forgotten. Coconuts. <laughs> and the sky's blue. And why are there leaves in the trees? Because I don't know why there's leaves. It's so easy to get you. That's a good question. Why are there leaves? The leaves don't um, do anything. They don't have. They're not seeds. Yeah. They're just for so good anyway, looks. um, while you're thinking about that, I guess I'll just take over here. Um, no, hold on. I was gonna say something important. It does suck. <laughs> it does suck to like have to. What was I gonna say? Give oh, away to your... give away a free book. Yes. It does suck to do that, but published real good people have also done that that's true and like if you look at um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy when they were marketing it in the u.s i've probably said this before on the podcast i don't know anyway they didn't think it would go over well because it's very british humor and like dry and whatever and so um they to market it they gave away like a thousand copies to people who they thought would like get it and which turned out people who uh were interested in science or people who were in a science program in college or something like that. That was like their target audience. So they just gave away like a thousand copies. And obviously we can't just give away a thousand copies because (laughs) we don't have that kind of money, but you know, they, they do it too. And it's, you know, you gotta, sometimes you gotta give your stuff away for free. True. And because the reader doesn't no, they don't trust you yet as an author, as a writer. So I have also come to terms with the fact, I mean, back when I was giving Essence away, it was satisfying enough hearing positive feedback. And that was kind of like payment in itself, I guess. Often people mm-hmm. leave reviews and it has its benefits. Yeah. Review us. <laughs> review the podcast, Please. review our books, on, on anything. and Just... then we'll talk. Just be a review kind of person because those are the best kind of people. 
That's true. I don't even know if we have an episode today. <laughs> I'm gonna just wrap this one up and then... Yeah. Wrap it like a present. So that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for joining us for this little <laughs> rambling session. Hope you um, found something enjoyable in it. And I actually hope it turns out to be a decent episode. I guess we'll see how good Haley's editing skills are. But <laughs> if you want to... <laughs> If you guys want to support us, you can rate, review, and download our episodes. You can also find us on the social medias at the right side of the world or at, at right side at, world at, at right side world on Twitter. Thanks to Spencer. They didn't let me. Yeah, I question uh, whether what that was the best thing we could have um, signed us <laughs> up as. <laughs> right side world. <laughs> well, that's what we are now. We're right side world. So. Um, we're those places, um, and you can find us. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Hopefully we'll bring some better content next time. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Solid. <laughs>